This episode of Last Game Podcast is brought to you by three billboards outside of Evo Japan. Kamehameha. Oh yeah. To another awesome episode of the Lasting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Toffee. I'm your other co-host, Eccentric Tom. And I'm welcome. <laughs> and I am, of course, everybody's favorite co-host, Majin Shafik. Yeah, Majin Shafik. <laughs> My God, that was the most polite Kamehameha yell I know, you've right? done. Because you know what? I never go into Dragon Ball. Oh, You're one of those really? guys, huh? Yeah. Yes. Speaking That's of fun. Dragon Ball, the <laughs> game came out. Uh, what, this week? Uh, actually, it was yeah, it was yesterday. a few days ago. It was a few days ago. Days ago. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So it was a pretty cool game, a two D fighting game, three versus three. Oh, called... we're gonna straight go straight to that. I believe so. Yeah, yes, because I'm talking about Dragon excited, Ball yeah. Fighter Z. Yeah. Okay. Fighter Z. Thank you very much for um, <laughs> keeping it English. Keeping that particular thing. So basically, as you can tell from the title, you're controlling Dragon Ball fighters. Kicking the ass out of each other, more or less, in out of 2D glory, yeah. Uh, favorite Japanese vegetables. Yeah, yeah, named after. Uh, yes, yeah, because I know that they're named after vegetables. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> like Akira, the creator, yeah. Akira Toriyama has a bit of a weird sense of humor. And I mean, there's this new woman called Cauliflower or something. Cauli, Cauli. Cauliflower, Cauliflower. Yeah. In the Super Series. Yeah, so this game is it's definitely one part a fighting game, a really good, well-done fighting game, and another part love letter to anyone who loves shonen anime and the, the OG shonen anime, for one. So Shafiq, you, you played a little bit of it. Astro Boy? <sighs> no, no, I mean the, the, the one after, way <laughs> after that, way after that. Oh, so not the OG. No, 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 no. Okay, we're talking but, like... We're talking about Dragon like Ball was... Fighters, a game that is hotly anticipated, especially after the debacle that was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, yeah everybody was best, complaining about best. that. And most of all, everybody was also kind of like uh, hoping... I mean, this was something that we as kids I've always wanted and there's been many variations of the Dragon Ball fighting game yeah yeah we've got Super Butoden we've got Final okay Budokai Tenkaichi we've got Budokai which is the weird card game version that came out in the 16-bit era Uh, one that was kind of impossible to play unless you could memorize Japanese as a young boy it was an RPG last I checked it was Super Nintendo or Famicom one of those but anyway like we don't there's so many of these games out but there are only like a few can count on one hand that are actually good in and fact, yeah, this one included. Yeah, this one wow. included. In fact, Xenoverse, I talked about it in the previous episodes. It's alright. It's fan service, but it focused more on that rather than the actual game itself. It feels okay as a game. Okay. But this one in Dragon Ball Fighter Z, they Arc System Works, the developer, they actually just figured we're gonna make a really damn good three versus three game to put Marvel's Capcom to shame. I mean, you also have to mention the pedigree because they brought us Blast Blue, they brought us Guilty Gear back in the day. And yeah. the thing is, if anything, I mean, Dragon Ball Z, like my one sentence review, this game is metal as fuck. It is nuts. <laughs> it is nuts. Yeah. I mean, like even from the opening intro, like just the double pedals and the like, the like, freaking death metal vocals introduce really? the game. It's yeah, like, yeah. Wow. People shouting it with the intro <laughs> music. And yeah. it's like, this game is heavy. But besides that, it's like, um, the thing is, we all know that the guys behind Arc System Works, they're also responsible for most of the music for the Blast Blue and the Guilty Gear series. Yeah, yeah. And they're all hardcore metalheads. I don't think they have the same composer, but they're following that same theme, that same kind of style. I mean, like, if you want to compare, like, I would say 
Guilty Gear is like power metal, and then maybe uh, no, Guilty Gear is thrash metal. Blast Blue is power metal. This is straight up in your face technical death metal. But right? the actual <laughs> some of the game soundtracks, I believe they're trying to take an ode from take some homage, some inspiration from the past Butoden and uh, Budokai Ten Tenkaichi games. I mean, it was. I wouldn't say fan service. I would say it knows homage, what it's homage. referencing yeah. in a sense. But the thing is, it's it stands on its own two feet because the Arc System Works they built quite a platform in terms of two D yeah. fighters. And I mean, I love the fact that they totally, I mean, excised all the other problems with the previous games. Like you know, when people are just too far away from each other or having to force split screen when you can't have all the action. Oh, they solved that problem. Basically, everyone has an instant transmission attack. Bingo. Yeah, you can no, teleport or you can super dash out through. There you go. You know, I mean, like, simple solutions to everyday problems, making this game even more, I would say, in your face compared to those games. Yeah. Because there's a lot less of you running and hiding. More of you, you gotta stay in the moment. You gotta, f I mean, like, basically, like, Guilty Gear. And mm. if I would say... I mean, there are characters who actually have zoning attacks like uh, Frieza. Frieza is a perfect example of like, he can come at close at you if he wants, but his main crux is basically his death ball thing from the anime. His death I can't combo that properly, I can't really quite That one you need some practice. Uh, Vegeta is like the Ken of that game. You think in, so? the fact, in the fact that he's a Shoto, like he actually is one of those all easy of characters. All of them throw fireballs, they're all Shotos technically. No, 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 no. no. There, are throw fireballs? there are some characters who have fireballs, but that's not their main game per se. Mm -hmm. Some characters like Beerus, that's their main game with the saucers and all is the Beerus dark the attacks. Cat the cat, yes, yep. the cat guy. Can't He's in the game. There's one cat person. Who's the other cat person? I can't really recall. I, I mean, mean, the other cat person is probably from the OG Dragon Ball okay. series. Yeah. I would say this, right? And also in terms of character select, not bad. Goddamn. It's a right damn good game. roster, dude. And then if you want to compare again to like Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, which has excised all the X-Men, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hey. This is like the <laughs> roster you kind of want that is required from a Dragon Ball game. I mean, game. who is missing according to Mr. Toffee? But possibly the guys from the movies like uh, Broly and... Um, Bardock, the father of Goku. Which movie? Do you mean the There's so many action one? No, 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 no. The original movie. <laughs> that's not, do not mention that again. That's the, the devil, that's devil's sound. <laughs> if that's the Dragon Ball you see, dude, we're gonna have to re-educate you on some shit. I won't say this, right? My, miss opportunity. Where's Dr. Satan? Come on. <laughs> I don't know if he's he considered an actual fighter, dude. He I mean, the you know how he is, Dan-style right? character, the joke character. Would you the pay money to play him of course DLC. not I mean wait okay here's the thing do you want to mention the fact that you know the unlockables is like story mode and it's just uh, story mode you better there's no fight money crap as compared to other like Street Fighter right actually there, there is, kinda is for but, oh, the yeah. Super Saiyan blue versions of Goku and so it's the same Vegeta. character but just the colors right? so oh, no 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 they're different they're different they have different they are sets. more in your face they don't focus more on projectiles compared to Goku and Vegeta oh. and that's behind the paywall um, in a way, yeah, uh, it's DLC, but you can also earn some fight money inside to achieve. How them. much of a grind is it to unlock those? Not as much as I thought it would be. Apparently, there are so many quests you can undertake that you can actually unlock quite a bit of points. So, of a scale, and the grind scale from not not uh, grinding at all to uh, Shadow of War. How I'm thinking more it? like in the middle. Okay. I would say yeah. this also that like, it also totally depends on your skill level because okay. if you're winning all the matches, if you're one of those like god tier fighting game players and you have like seriously good internets, like you'll be fine. Okay. If you're playing consistently, even if you don't win as much, you you should be able to get. This and the thing is, like if you're Zenny any other regular fighting game player, right, that's four hours of your life every day anyway. Which and I mean is either dedicated to training mode or going online, you know. Okay. So and you you earning as you go. And you're so surprised. The story mode isn't actually too bad. 
it actually kind of reminded me of like what Soul Calibur and even Street Fighter Alpha 3 did back in the day where you got a world tour mode, you pick your team, you level them up with different power-ups you get from defeating different people here and there. And you've got like three different stories, like you got the main one, you've got the enemy's perspective story, and you've got like the android's perspective story. Yeah, it's actually not bad. It's actually a good throwback to like what Dragon Ball was. All these ridiculous people coming back to life and fighting each other. Is it the original voice actors or is it? People yeah. yeah. In fact, it's actually the Bulma voice actress since she passed away. God bless her soul. This oh. is actually her last role before her passing. Oh, that's that's. Oh, that's it's, a, it's a good tribute. I mean, you get to hear her again, you know, it's really nice. You're delivering it's some new lines too, so yeah. 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 I mean, so it's a fitting tribute. It's yeah, yeah. Okay. And most of the voice actors came back anyway, so. That's good. Yeah, so you got that authentic Dragon Ball flavor. So inside. here's the question I need to ask you. You're playing this with the original Japanese voice or the American voice? Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> I only got my start in Dragon Ball really, really late. I mean, unlike other animes like um, Ranma Half and even Roni Kenshin, I actually started Dragon Ball right after. It was all over and done in with. Primary school, which is like ancient times. Yeah. It's like back when uh, the British flag still flew over Singapore. Yeah. Mm. And <laughs> because I couldn't afford to buy English manga, I had to buy the Basa Melayu manga. Much cheaper, like 2RM, no, 3RM. Same for me, yeah, because the thing is, like, like growing up in Singapore and then, like, for a certain part in Indonesia, like, my introduction to anime was basically through. Uh, you know, like the the bootleg. <laughs> Not only bootleg; they actually have like a third party guys distributing it. They have the yeah. license. It's just like super cheap. Probably, but I mean, the thing is, is like, how upset were you when you watched those uh, Ranma comics and then they would draw black bars over all the good parts? <laughs> I didn't got the black. You I got the uncensored the... version of Malaysia. I did. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm very sure. Yes, <laughs> those are. I... How did they stuff through the sensible? I have no idea. Confirm maybe maybe bootleg. it could be bootleg for all we know. It is. Yeah. No, but if anything, okay, we're gonna we're not gonna only gonna just talk about Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I mean, I mean, we could because it's such a we good could, game. We could, but the man. game technically came out like days ago, and yeah. then we haven't really gotten into the meat and bones of it, except for you, Mister Toffee. Like, yeah. You you gone online? How's the netcode for you? The netcode is actually all right, depending on which part of the day you're playing it. And then you're playing off the PSN, right? The PS4, the PSN. It's mm. not bad, but I suspect there are other netcodes, other on, consoles that do it better. Are you on maybe? a pro or are you, your subscription is PSN uh, yeah, yeah, Plus? So you have to actually have a pro subscription to go online Yeah, they've anyway. changed that with the, with the PlayStation in a few years ago actually now. When the PS4 first but came out. But I mean, out, yeah. shouldn't yes. the promise for just being subscribed basically being better servers and stuff? You would think that, but it's okay. But then again, uh, our system works are on point. I mean, yeah. the, the the five bar matches I had were fine, but it's just more like the three and the four, which gets a bit iffy halfway through. They'll give you like, oh, you got these bars. Okay, you put in a match. And then when you're playing halfway, sometimes some things get happen, you know? It might slow down and then pick up again, slow down. I would say this, right? Like, the thing it's is still better to play offline in the end, you know, like mm. any fighting game, right? True, but I mean, like for me, my experience is basically on the Steam version, okay? And the thing is, I have no shortage of people wanting to pick a fight with me, <laughs> and we have nothing but amazing, like, uh, you know, f I don't know, five bar connections. Oh, nice. No, and the thing is, like, no. very, uh, um, some latency, and it depends on region, strangely, because if I play with guys from Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, like very close to us here in Singapore, and they have amazing internet, and we have like, we have fiber too. Like I've got a fiber yeah. connection running, so it's like literally um, no 
real noticeable lag or like you know uh, and no dropped matches nothing nah none whatsoever but oh. the thing is like I'll play against guys in like Malaysia or Indonesia or Korea mm-hmm. and then like the thing is South Korea's got some like godlike internet yeah. but for some reason because they're from Korea it's like I'll either get disconnects or I have like some drop frames and not but I mean like it's probably day one everybody's patching their servers yep. all yep. over the place yeah, yeah and yeah. I'm sure that that it's probably just they're trying to stress test the servers right now and it probably even now I mean, in a few months. They're like, actually nice enough to actually put like the frame dropping numbers in the at the top part of the match when you're fighting. Oh. It can be 19, 5, 3. I keep getting those numbers. Well, I guess because a lot of people count frames when they're fighting like at the super high yeah. level. So because when you have to be really precise with your moves. Yeah. But I mean, one when you uh, logged into Dragon Ball, did they give you the option for yeah. all the regions? And all I that? picked Southeast Asia and Asia. I mean, here's the one safe. thing I want to tell all you guys who get this on Steam or maybe even on the PlayStation version. The first thing they ask you is where you from which is Japan America choose America uh-huh because once you choose Japan all the menus turn to Japanese oh dear <laughs> so first you choose America mm-hmm. language choose English and then once you go into the actual game go to your settings and then change your region back to Asia okay so like just a pro tip for you guys because I had to like <laughs> like redo the install all over again oh, <laughs> oh man I mean it's not that bad basically I just needed to backtrack and then yeah. like you know, start all over again but yeah okay so pro tip for you guys I've also gotta ask you Shafiq now since you're more you, you're you less of a Blazeboo slash um, Guilty Gear player I'm Guilty right? Gear yeah. yeah how I do you feel about these controls and the way it fights and flows buttery smooth wow and the thing is is like I mean the first thing I did was straight into training mode straight into like the combo challenges and then uh, like I didn't feel the latency but the thing is it's there's that weird three frame kind of startup that you have to get used to especially I don't know if it's like me playing on PC but you know how usually when you play on console you need to kind of adjust your eyesight in a way that you know that your moves are coming out a little bit slower mm-hmm. but not but by a little tiny fraction by a tiny bit right but here's the thing the thing is like maybe because I've been playing Street Fighter 5 too much on like other systems and then now that I'm playing this is like wow this is like instantaneous and I need to readjust to that mm-hmm. and the thing is I've gone online and I've done a few matches right and the thing is yeah it's like one to one so it's like basically light attack medium attack I mean it, it comes out when you want it to come out you don't need to like how you say adjust your timings so it's, it's amazing like controls buttery smooth if you have an amazing connection like probably one of the best matches ever also be careful there's a lot of guys out there who are really good at this game very uh-huh. quickly oh yes <laughs> I think these are the guys that actually have touched the closed and the open beta for a yeah, while. Yeah, they're out there, especially yeah. the guys on the PC. Like, it's uh, <laughs> you're gonna see Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, a lot of Trunks. There's a lot of Frieza. Trunks, yes. <laughs> Frieza, dude, that Trunks, that, that super slashing, and then it's instance level one super. They have to nerf that up, right now. <laughs> no, but then the thing is, Vegeta's super one is all just as fast too. People don't notice that. Okay, but I mean, I'm just joking. I don't want them to nerf anything. I like the fact that this game feels broken as fuck right now. And the thing is, and they haven't discovered the potential for other newer characters like I Goku so. Black is probably going to be the guy you're going to be well, com- up there. Competitive games are always quite unbalanced upon launch. It takes a while for them to work out properly. Except for Virtual Fighter. Yeah. Uh, Virtual Fighter has always been a five-five matchup <laughs> since part one. I don't know how they figured that out. How long from the get-go. Yeah. How long was it in development for then? Hmm? How long was it in development for? Virtual Fighter? Yeah. It's been around since 94, 94 95. 95. It's yeah. the first 3. 3D fighting game done by uh, Yu Suzuki, yeah. the, the man behind Sega, behind Shenmue 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, shout out to the Yakuza episode. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alright, so who's going to be a team setup since you're going to bring this online throughout the next few weeks well, or so? What I'm going to do is, if I'm going to play this, it's definitely going to be Goku. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be 
trunks and it's definitely gonna be Frieza because yeah <laughs> these are the characters that seem to be doing a lot of winning oh yes yes they have the best movesets definitely and the thing is right most of the time it's gonna be a mirror match anyway so you might as well learn these characters when you're gonna face these characters mm -hmm. but if anything um, I don't know have they been made have they made any promises for new DLC or new characters um, there are gonna be six characters post launch they haven't announced anything yet is it gonna be a season pass system or is it there is a season pass system for okay. this so you're gonna have to pay an extra 20, 30 for that pass. Maybe we also talk about the fight money system. I mean, it's not called fight money in this game, right? I mean, it's called Zenny in, Zenny, that, game, right? in that universe. Yeah. So basically, if you do challenges or if you play matches or if you like, uh, uh, like even during a match, they'll give you certain requirements that you have to pull off. And then you get like credits. You get, yeah, the in-game currency. Uh -huh. And with the in-game currency, you can like basically unlock stuff with real money if you want. Yeah. So uh, here's the very important question. Are there loot boxes? No. <laughs> Not that I know of, no. Not yet. Game of the year! <laughs> game of the year! Fighting game of the year actually for me because the thing is... Like, and it's just the beginning of 2018, holy shit. And the thing is, this is getting a lot more hype than like... Street Fighter came out with like Arcade Edition recently, yeah, right? Yeah, like a few weeks... A week ago. A week and ago. it's basically what? Three more characters? Two more characters? Um... Who's back? Blanca? No, they're not even back yet, right? They, no, no, they no. They're announced. coming out eventually. You got Blanca, Cody, Sagat... Sakura, who also who's playable right now. So here's speak. the conversation I want to have with you, John. Is this gonna finally topple Marvel as you know? I think Marvel, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite was already dead on arrival. To be honest, you think me. so? I Even mean, worse than Street Fighter versus Tekken. Street Fighter versus Tekken. Street Fighter cross Tekken had potential. And then they actually got a bit of hype when the arcade version edition patch came in. And then but people that's discovered it. that, you know, spamming light punch beats everything. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Street Fighter V. Just like Street Fighter V. Yeah. And Third Strike, yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Now, the thing about MVCI is, I felt that that was a game just born out of a committee, not by love. Compared to Marvel's Capcom 3. But then I remember. FZ completely out of love and all that. But Artism Works are smart. They know they have to make a great fighting game out of it. So they did just that. The fan service and all the homages, everything, like especially when you have the dramatic finishes, yeah. when you kill a certain character with another character, like Nappa, Yamcha, or Gohan, Teen versus Cell, that's all really good touches, you know? Like, it's welcome addition to everything, more or less. And the graphics, dude, the fucking graphics. Yeah, I mean, I think as a child, we all dreamed of the day when you could play a game that looks just like the cartoon. And animated yeah. as such, yeah. And it's... animated as such. And the thing is, we've come close in the past, but Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yes! Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> you're literally playing the cartoon. That's it looks... good. Yeah. This is the same engine they use for Guilty Gear Excerpt, and it's working really well. Very, very well. I mean, I hope this game takes. I mean, this game is going to definitely take off. Yeah. This is. And the really cool thing is, Tom, if, yeah, I know you're not a big fighting game guy, but this is <laughs> one game you can actually, of the year. This is one game you can actually get into because everything in here might feel familiar, but it does feel new with the super dashing and the teleporting mechanics. How does and the fact that, find that familiar? No, no, no. I mean, he's, it's all brand new for him to actually go into, you know, these new mechanics. I guess so, so yeah. it's a level playing field? I would say this, like, if you want to start, I mean, the worst advice for me to give you is like, oh, you have to go back to the past and play something like maybe Street Fighter Alpha. Oh, I'm not doing that. Like, no, no, no. Like, if you want to get into what modern fighting games are, this is basically... This is the one game you can go in. Is it in. a good starting point? Yeah. More or less. But okay. the thing is, it's still a baptism of fire. There will be frustration. But like most games that, well, you know... Yeah, I mean, even games that I'm good at, I get frustrated in, you know, for the first 20 hours or so until I finally click it. <laughs> Which yeah. should compel you to move forward. Mm -hmm. But if anything, um, yeah. I mean, I'll, do you want to give it a summer sale, I guess? 
probably I mean how, how much is it now it's like 40, 50 I think it's a 40, 50 ish yeah so that's Singapore dollars probably less for our, mm. our American fans out there but I would say wait for the Bandai Namco sale which happens usually like in the next few months maybe in a, in a few months right yeah because Bandai Namco has been porting a lot of RPGs and games on PC and have been having simultaneous releases for the games I mean, as of late let's say want to give an early first impressions for me Dragon Ball Fighter Z, it's solid fighting game yeah, good I'm, selection of characters lots to do I would say it's a nice 8 upon 10 for me. I'm yeah, giving okay. it a 9 I'm actually really happy wow. with this game even so, though I'm I'm still trying to get in and get in touch with the whole and it's a very system. bittersweet rating because if you want to compare to previous fighting games like the only game that impressed us recently was King of Fighters right that was a long time ago which is now, not, a not year really, or so a year yeah. or so ago you know but then I would say like compared to Street Fighter which is like okay this is like you know the flagship fighting game and like really it shut the bed so bad <laughs> yeah. oh my god it's shield fighter at this point of time yeah. Arcade Edition was a good improvement of sorts but they should have done that like maybe a year like when it came out first you know I mean they would have done a major disservice if they decided to release like a super version mm. where you have to rebuy the whole thing yeah that, that's, that's, that's a, which that's, wasn't the promise they made that's any day now you know any time now you know you, you get set so? up clocks for that shit after the six characters there's definitely going to be year. a super street fighter yeah, yeah. yeah we know Capcom yeah. but the thing is like hey if, if anybody's good at milking anything mm. yeah, speaking of street fighter 5 Streaking. We got a bit of a thing happening, like the past, actually, right now, as at this time of recording. Just to the north of us. Evil, yeah. Evil <laughs> Japan 2018. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, we could mention a little bit about it. Cause, I mean, uh, I just say, say, as of recording, Grand Finals is happening right now. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we want to really wrap up this episode and go ahead and catch the action. Yep. Because we've got, like, uh, how many games were represented this year? We got Blast Blue, we got King of Fighters, we got Street Fighter. We got Guilty Gear X. Guilty Gear X. And <laughs> Arms. And Arms! <laughs> uh, you remember you Arms? Yeah, yeah. We remember that. You clearly, wanna, yes. I want to mention how many people signed up. Um, it's a big fat 200. Wow. <laughs> 200 people. It's pools, brackets, and grand finals. Now, this is worldwide, my new To those are... who don't follow, 200 is not a good number. You might think, oh, 200 is not bad. No, usually you aim for about 5,000 or so. Unless you're people. a tournament manager, then yeah. you know you'll be done in a day. Like, I yeah. sure. think uh, Street Fighter Five was about two, three, four thousand around those numbers. I mean, the thing is, we mentioned Evo several times on the podcast, and mm. we were big fans of the fighting games, and we definitely have our fan favorites and the guys we want to support. I mean, I also lovingly gave uh, props to Mr. Tokido-san himself yeah. for we also gave bringing it. Yep, yep. We also gave props to our and he is Singapore hero, Zien. Zien. Is he, is he in Japan? Um, yeah, he's in Japan. Unfortunately, he, he didn't make he, it to top eight, right? He's at top 17, as of this, yeah. As of this recording, he, he he's not gonna go, he's not hitting for grand finals. Yeah. Yeah. Do I know who top eight is? Uh, sure. I'm okay. Let me guess. Infiltration. Yep, he's in there. <laughs> he's definitely in the there. The Korean destroyer himself. Um, Hong oh. Kong, uh, Wonder Kind, uh, Human Bombs there too. He, he made it. Yeah, he made it. He made oh, wait, it. Top Human eight. Bombs, the guy who took out Daigo, right? One of them. Yeah, he's the guy who took out Daigo. Yes. Okay, and then I thought he was gonna use Sakura for this one because his favorite character is Sakura, but okay. apparently he's using Chun Li for this just to be safe. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait. Tokido-san is definitely in there. Yep, he's definitely there. We know who he uses. Any of the international Akuma. people around on top eight? No, right? Uh, it would really make. I mean, besides the Koreans, I mean the, the outside Asia guys. Nobody from the US. Or I don't know who Europe. this John Takuuchi guy is though. Where's is he, he from? I don't know. Is he international? Looks is he like Japanese. Yeah. 
he's kind of new or maybe I just haven't been in the Japanese scene long enough I mean you know? I don't want eccentric Tom to feel left out too much but uh-huh. then Sorry, here we man. go we're Sorry. gonna definitely <laughs> talk about evil Japan because the thing is like I mean our very first episode was fighting games to play besides Street Fighter yeah. back yeah. in the season 1 era and yes we're all big fighting game uh, nerds here I mean the thing is uh-huh. we want to bring eccentric <laughs> Tom into the mix somehow it's gonna be a little bit difficult I still say Tom you might be a very good doll sim because you seem to be that kind of guy <laughs> well the kind who just jumps out and says no no uh, like, don't touch me that, that's pretty much doll sim right? that's pretty much doll sim but I don't know uh, but okay I want to talk about Evil Japan for a little bit because yeah. if anything for the first time Evo a very uh, prestigious tournament mm. that's been going on since yeah. this actually took over like the other prestigious tournament which is the then. Super SBO. Battle of Pro SBO okay aka the Togeki tournament yep, so yep. anything here's the difference uh America back in the day used to look at Japan's tournament scene and think okay that's the mountain to climb Yeah. because Togeki the SBO the Super Battle Opera is yeah. very famous for single elimination ah. you lose you're out oh, right. so it's hardcore kumite rules whereas like something like EVO is a bit more forgiving where they play like double elimination so oh, okay. if you lose once you go to loser's bracket you have a chance to fight back in mm-hmm. so the thing is it's like it's less pressure and like so it's a bit more like an actual sports tournament yeah more yeah. or less and it, it, the that's thing why is, it takes longer and you can definitely imply a little bit more strategy because then you can feel out your opponents or then yeah. you can even like I, I don't know how to say this but like uh, but when it comes to like yourself. grand finals yeah it's like best out of five or best and out of three best, yeah, when you go to grand finals it's best out of five it's not like just one on one who wins goes yeah because normally matches are what two minutes long maybe longer depending like hey, a yeah. Dalsim mirror match that takes an entire <laughs> quite a while that takes a while to end <laughs> like but 5 minutes that's pretty long for fighting game standards like those guys, those matches run the timer yeah, but yeah. I would say this like uh, what I'll I stretch your arms <laughs> speaking of arms okay anyway uh, but I would say this right EVO to me is the most balanced format for fighting games Yeah. because if anything it allows you to breathe Yeah. whereas something like the original SBO Togeki tournaments right you like you have one chance yeah and the thing is, you can imagine one right, life make it count. And then Americans, like say during the Street Fighter Three, like Third Strike era, like yeah. the, the height of it, right? They would fly all the way to Japan. Then get knocked out first game. Queue up, <laughs> yep. you know, wait for their turn, get knocked out. You're going home. Sorry, oh. that's it. You know, it is heartbreaking. It yeah. is quite heartbreaking. And the thing is, right? Is even worse. I mean, like I can even show you matches from like. Like just seeing like gods like Kuroda wipe out the entire American team by himself. Oh, that, that's just cruel. <laughs> like the, the yeah. three of you fly all the way there just to lose to one that's guy. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, man. But if anything, like. But so, I really doubt all these brackets are like collusion based. I mean, it's all random. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, random. like, who was basically the the guys behind Togekin's SBO? It was Enterbrain, right? Yeah. For a while, I'm not too sure recently. So. And the problem with them, right? Is and then the head of that guy, he's actually helping out with this evil Japan last I checked because I would say this right Togeki the Super Battle Opera is kind of losing its luster in a sense because mm-hmm. making an all Japanese tournament with these kind of hardcore rules makes it not not not, not say it's ex- not exciting to watch but it's a bit too focused I would say like I mean it, it there's a certain if you want an international audience there's a stagnation you might have to, to it yeah, I would yeah, say you yeah. might have to get to something like EVO where they bring everyone from different countries and I would say this right the thing about EVO is like people don't really recognize it for the tournament setup more for the atmosphere because yeah. when, it, when you go when you watch EVO especially if you I mean, even on Twitch right it's a bit just more the fun. crowd like you know yeah. interaction not just at the stage itself but also in like the Twitter sorry the Twitch chat feed itself everyone's all going ballistics 
with the emoticons. Oh my god, I'm just imagining the Kappa face all the time. A lot of the Kappa faces. Like, fuck the Kappa face, can I just say? <laughs> no, like, no, Pokchan. Pokchan is taking over. It's like Gutex himself, right? Yep, yep. I would say this, like, uh, for this current Evo Japan, I'm surprised that the Japanese guys are getting hyped. Yep. <laughs> Especially oh, yeah. when it's like their boy versus somebody else. Yeah. Okay, I want to bring up one of my favorite matches, which is Xiao Hai versus M Dash. God damn, for King of Fighters, mm. it's like just seeing the Japanese. He's the last Japanese guy in the tournament for Grand Finals, and he's yeah. up against Taiwan, Hong Kong, and uh, the God Child himself. And Xiao Hai is and a Xiao Hai champ and Xiao Hai, legendary, is very famous for being back in the day the first China guy from China to go to Japan's SBO tournament and beat all the Japanese at SBO. That must have been embarrassing. <laughs> yes, and so so like, you can feel the national pride yeah. build up in the audience. It's like, especially when M-Dash like, pulls off like some amazing comeback. And the thing is like, yeah, okay, bullshit team. I know he's got Yuri, he's got Yuri. I can't remember. Oh. Yuri Sakazaki, is it? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryo's sister. And pff, maybe cooler. Oh, I can't remember. No, but the thing is, I remember the match being so hyped because every time Xiao Hai and him sits down and then just seeing like, you know, the tepid like the, the fervor coming from the crowd and like just him pulling off a super and everybody just going nuts yeah it's like crazy yo <laughs> and the thing is like it's, it's like for a fan like me it's like I want Xiao Hai to win because it's like it's been a while since he did anything amazing on a big stage for KOF in Japan no in doubt in Japan of all places where you know and the thing, you have to also remember boys and girls this is where fighting games are born yeah okay so it's like national pride all over the place like having top 8 Japanese players is one thing like say for Street Fighter then you have infiltration there then you have all these people looking at him kind of weird right mm. now at the same time uh, I would say also this also brought to my attention that Jesus Christ there's all these killers we have no idea existed yeah I'm actually <laughs> looking at, I'm literally club, looking yeah. at the top 30 right now and I don't even know half these names man uh, what's that we've got C4444 do you know that I have no idea okay uh, I mean, these are literally GLAR Machabo. These are the guys who don't travel. These are the guys who don't have the the passports or the airplane money. And the to guy go. named Rinta. <laughs> I mean, think rock about point, it. rock point. I don't know who that is. I mean, maybe to bring. How about this, like centric Tom? How yeah. would it feel if maybe your local football team has all these killers and nobody knew because they just never played? You know. Guess where Mago yes. is? Thirty-three. One of the thirty-three guys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mago. Damn. Yeah. Mango san, that's yep. Tokido's training partner. Yeah. I'm very disappointed with him. He never does well in tournaments. Because like you mentioned before, he's got a bit of that. He's the king of casuals. Yeah. <laughs> I will king say of that. casuals. He's the king yeah. of casuals. Put like, him in a tournament setting, he, he just chokes. He chokes. Nah. Yeah. But well, then again. But I mean I would say this, uh how about you? Who are your what are your predictions for Evo Japan? I mean Grand Finals is happening. I wanna see right now. I wanna see this top 8 for Street Fighter 5 be the comeback for Daigo, maybe. Despite the fact that he's at loser's bracket against Itabashi. Probably at this time, in speaking at the point in time, just lost. right now. Yeah, you might have lost right now. Yeah, it's a podcast yeah, yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, he, he's out. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. He will send you. And also Itabashi, too. At the very least, maybe a top two for these the two. The best Zangief yeah. in the world. I want a Zangief player to win or at least be a top that second has guy. never happened. I know, but miracles can thing. happen, man. Miracles can happen. Oh, well. Especially with uh, Zangief's Ultra 2. Sorry. Uh, V Trigger 2. Oh, they're v playing Arcade Edition now, right? I think they so have, they have to the double V Triggers and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this V Trigger, he can actually combo with his SPD. So, we do a combo, it can end it with an SPD. And SPD can actually do more damage with that V Trigger thing. Remember happening. when Zangief was top tier when the game came out and nobody realized it? No, they didn't realize, yeah. And then, like, they nerfed him really quickly. <laughs> yeah, they did. 
Yeah. Apparently that typhoon attack, very broken. <laughs> you can actually stuff it now compared to last time. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I mean, to me, Street Fighter, this game is going the way of probably like, I don't know. I it's mean, not the dodo. I'm still giving it a chance at the very least, but it's got a tough climb considering It's on that, its last legs, but it's, yeah, it's considering definitely got a while to go. Here, you know? And yeah. I, I would think Dragon Ball, I don't know, do you think it'll blow up? That's what I'm quite... It depends on the hype for it. And uh, the, the hype now, is the, real because yeah. Dragon Ball, yo, all of Brazil and Mexico is going to play this <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. Hey, France too, don't forget. And France, you know. They France, like, the land of anime and also Dragon Ball. When's the next Ball. Evo? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. When's the what? Next Evo. Uh, that's either... June or July. July. It's July or August, one of those So we'll weeks. see then. I suspect it won't be huge because it's a, yeah, a new game and people won't have a chance to master, yeah. but I'm no, sure... No, but half will. a year to figure it out and especially with the way YouTube works where people are breaking down characters and combos immediately yeah. for yeah. you to di- digest and master. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of those coming up. I'll be surprised. I mean, like, I think that this game will definitely overtake Marvel in terms of hype. Also, I mean, it like, depends on who they're bringing in for extra characters in the roster. You think so? Yeah. I think it's a solid roster right now. Yeah. I mean, we're fine. I mean, there's characters I'm not even touching yet that I think might be a problem. Mm-hmm. But if anything, I mean, I fought Cell online and I, I didn't know he could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Android 21 is going to be the dark horse, that's for you sure. You think? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's, she's basically rogue from X-Men vs. Street Fighter, stealing powers and yeah. shit. Yeah, like, that, basically that, that's that, what I'm yeah. trying to... Like, her why, fireball is fucking fast for a tree fireball thing. Why is she familiar? Okay, yeah, I would say that. She does feel like... But her super is very positional-based. You have to be in the air to actually make it work. Nah. You have to make your opponent jump. I have a funny feeling she'll be more like a battery character. Nobody uses her as a finisher. She'll be uh, more like just a build meter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, eh. Uh, but okay... Uh, is Should there we anything else we want to talk about? I mean, uh, even since Japan. we're talking about video games, are there any other video games we want to talk about very briefly? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, like a, there's a there's a game which came out recently. Uh, uh, you know where you spend five Sub- subnautical or something. <laughs> oh yeah, subnautical came out. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, there's a. Something with giant monsters, right? Yeah, and you hunt them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dinosaur killer, that's the game. Yes, yeah. yes. And speaking of Japan, yeah, okay, yeah. we're going to talk about Monster Hunter. Aren't World. We? Monster Hunter World. There we you go. got to make that distinction. Very right. briefly, because I've not touched it because I don't have a console. Yeah. And um, Are you curious about it, Tom, in a sense? I like any game which has a good character creator. Um, this is the game for you, okay. then. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing since Black Desert have I seen like a really good character. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, there's a game called Black Desert where you had a really good character customization. I know, I've, yeah. I've seen videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is comes second. Uh, Monster Hunter World's character customization comes second. So you can't do individual highlights in the hair? I think you can. You can, can right? change hairstyles, definitely, and well, the length and everything. Well, everyone can change but I mean, like, you know, you can do individual strands of highlighting. I think the focus for Monster Hunter is more of the faces. Oh, wow. And then everywhere else, per yeah. se. And the voice intonation, you can have the high pitch, low pitch voice, and the... Uh, like, I think we have 13 or 20 or 30 voice samples. I mean, wow. well, my Facebook wall is polluted with nothing but guys showing off their character creations. Yeah. Oh, oh, and the game's not bad either. Oh, yeah, and besides right. that, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. game attached yes, to this yes, character yes, yes, yeah, It's yeah. not just The Sims. So I, I'm actually want to di- direct my question to Tom because I think, Shafiq, you have played a Monster Hunter or two at the very least, right? three and I played... There was a four, right? There was a 4, and a 4 Ultimate, and the Wii U Ultimate game. 4 Ultimate was the one on DS, right? Uh, 3DS, 3DS. 3DS. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Yeah. So, yeah, do uh, you like Luke. grinding? Uh, <laughs> do you like killing giant monsters with really huge weapons? Do you like Dark Souls but with friends? <laughs> uh, kinda, yeah, and... Huh? <laughs> do you like teamwork a lot? 
um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> so this might be the game for you. Okay. <laughs> no, the thing about Monster Hunter is an action RPG with a huge focus on just killing big things and hunting them down. Ooh, sounds good. Like if you're like hunting, think, think, think about it, you're hunting a giant elephant that can shoot fire from its mouth. And this Ooh. elephant can run away after you down it like three-fourths of its life. And then when it's like down to its quarter of its life, it'll start limping and going to its habitat and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, so it's that sort of hunting per se. So it's like big game hunt, hunting the game. Yes, but with fire. But with dragons, fire, not, not giant big motherfuckers, game, big monster hunting. Okay. Yes, big monster. They yeah. actually capture that feel, you know. Like it's like, like getting the weapons out. You know, you've got like your katanas, you've got your guns, you've got your elephant guns as well, or monster guns. Elephant in the guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they weren't as intended. They will deal a lot of damage, but they're fucking slow to use. So I can live up my fantasy as a 19th century Victorian uh, hunter somewhere in the African Badlands. Yeah, with cat slaves too. You actually have like this assistance called a, uh, I don't know the name of it, Pollyanna, whatever Poria thing. Mm-hmm. These little cat creatures. Basically, they can help distract the monsters mm-hmm. while you load up. Kind your of like your familiars stuff. in a sense. Okay. Yeah. So indentured like, servants you can like you know dispatch them to like uh, basically act as a decoy or a distraction but and they, they can also, also attack too in this and one and they can attack yeah and they can also be mules too if you want to like keep gear and they can also use this item sometimes like these gadgets where you can either heal you or maybe give you a buff or debuff have the monster have you played Torchlight Torchlight 2 is very similar to the uh, the pet system yes 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 yes, yes. so if, the, if, the, if okay. there's any comparison I would say okay. it's closer to that there's also a character customization for the cat creature. Of course too. there is. Yeah. How fluffy do you want it to yeah. be? Yeah. Maximum fluff! Yeah, you have a long tail, short tail, ears and all that. Can you make grumpy cat? You can call it grumpy cat I'm pretty cat sure you, you can. You just make the eyes kind of wide yeah. apart. You can make it sleepy. just turn the face yeah. down. It's like, <laughs> you can do that. You can do that. There's even a preset for grumpy cat somewhere in there too. I'm pretty really? sure. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. You know what? I noticed you're not even talking about the monsters. <laughs> I've only killed like maybe because I'm only 10 hours into this and I've so only killed one. like <laughs> 3, 4 of them so far oh, at job. your level yeah. okay and I can't even deal a dent of damage with the bigger wyvern dudes like the Wrath something I forgot Rathacore mm-hmm. the, the, the trademark monster hunter monster uh-huh. so Tom you've played World of Warcraft yes have you ever done like crazy raids against a boss I never got to that level oh well, basically, Monster Hunter is that. Oh, okay. A lot of those kind of just raids. that. Yeah. Okay. You get to run around and explore the universe if you want. Then you gotta pick. You can do like mining and you can like craft stuff. Yeah, you can craft stuff. In fact, crafting is actually a big thing because you kill yeah. a monster, you get to use his parts as armor, weapons, and whatnot. Like his carapace will yeah, become yeah. your like okay. shields and everything. And then, but if also, I would say this right. This game is really. I mean, the emphasis is teamwork. You yeah. gotta have friends to play this with. Mm-hmm. You can try to be the asshole who runs at it alone. And get you can, you can, you can. If you you can, but it's not so fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually like different modes for this. Like you've got your quest, which is basically you have 50 minutes, kill this guy. Uh-huh. And then you've got like expedition where do whatever you like, pretty much. So you can explore like these giant ass worlds, like the forest world, the snow world, like the desert area itself. Find whichever monster you want to kill. So it's like open world, free roaming uh, monster hunting. So you can take your sweet time with that, and you can even farm whatever you want in that world too. Okay. Like I for mean, expedition mode. So I think a lot of people want to know is, does this push the series further? Is it any different? I mean, I know it's finally left the portable platform from... Apart from like a few nerfs for weapons and all that, I believe this is a more accessible version of Monster Hunter yet. Oh. Because you don't die until like maybe halfway through, like maybe the near, near the close end of the game or per se. This game is pretty fair. The controls are kind of reworked in a way that um, your attacks feel kind of natural depending on the weapon you're using. Okay. And uh, the monsters 
I think the hardcore ones actually come in much later, or at least in the third continent or the so second there's, continent. It feels like actual progression rather than just you know fuck you here's some monsters. I mean, there's it's so more it like scales it's better properly. for people okay. who are new. All right, it's actually better for people who are new. Okay, so but I wouldn't say noob friendly either because there is a bit of a like it's like the learning, learning curve. curve is kind of like escalating as it goes on. Yeah, the first monster you fight pretty easy to kill. The second, third, fourth, there's a bit of a challenge there. So it's not like, bad, not yeah. as bad, not as bad. From Monster 2, it's get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe a lot more like Monster 4 or 5, like when you get okay, good. Maybe Tutorial Monster, yeah, okay, I can do this. Like compared to like Ultimate and Part 4, this is actually much friendlier. Okay. Very friendly. So all I need now is a console and some friends. And then... Uh, it's actually coming out for PC, but... So all fall. I need now is some friends. <laughs> yeah. But when? Fall, fall. Oh, God. Which because they're probably fine. trying to yeah. optimize it, you know, make it like 100 frames per second. I would even yeah. say it's optimizing, it's like, I think they want to sell console copies. Yeah. Because, because you can't think of it, yeah. Yeah. Some exclusive is, deal you gotta, you gotta yeah. like, you know, make, I mean, establish your, your, your sales yeah. and then after that, do the ports. Who? Especially since this is a Japanese franchise, like a really Japan heavy franchise. Who is the, uh, publisher? Capcom. Uh, Capcom. Oh, of course. It's Capcom's sole moneymaker. I mean, really? I don't know if Street Fighter Five is making money. Not anymore. Yeah. No. This is the sole money maker, dude. You go to TGS or any convention. If you go on a public day just to see a new Monster Hunter, if you don't actually arrive at nine thirty, you can't you can't actually play that game anymore. Wow. Because the queue is like basically all over the place for this game. And right? this is very uni uniquely Japanese because it never broke America. Yeah. Yeah. I remember never really making much noise in like the US circles of them familiar with. Because they release the ultimate versions every time when they come out for the US. Oh, okay. Monster Hunter World is the first time it's getting a simultaneous release. I will also Japan. say this, right? America's got shit internet. Oh, so like yeah, something that true. really yeah. requires teamwork and an online component, especially like the thing about Japan, right? They have amazing fiber, like high speed internet in their mm. trains. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So they, there are people on their way to work playing Monster Hunter with HD graphics and just enjoying themselves, you know, before the slog of the day. Yeah, and compare that to the States where you get Time Warner if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only time Monster Hunter went out of Japan was probably South Korea for the PC version one time ago. I yeah. remember that. And Monster Hunter Frontier. Again, South Korea has the best internet in the world. There you go. Mm -hmm. Like Even in trade. They have trains, right? Are yeah, they trains? their lowest download speed, I think, is 30 megabits. Yeah. Lowest. And you could download like a 30 minute episode of a TV show in like two minutes, right? Yeah. They don't even download it, they just stream the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as downloading. I mean, the thing about Japan, you go there and people on flip phones are watching like Netflix. Mm -hmm. Blows wow. my mind, like, what phone is that? Yeah. <laughs> LG, Samsung, doesn't matter, it runs for more than a day. Let me tell you a very quick Japan story when I was there like a couple of years ago. Uh -huh. And the thing is, I brought my phone and it was like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's uh, using a, a 3G. And they looked at me, 3G? <laughs> alien concept. Like, not even alien concept. Like, where? You, what time are you from? <laughs> this is Japan, sir. We're on a different LTA now. Like, what? It's LTB? What? Yes. Well, I'm surprised. Yeah. But if anything, so Monster Hunter, your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts, really good entry point, actually. Okay. I've never been a big Monster Hunter fan because of the whole difficulty curve slash the way the game plays. Because you, Shafiq, you know that I'm a big Bayonetta. Devil May Cry kind of guy to the action games and all. Okay. Nier especially, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. The controls in Monster Hunter are a bit more different than that. And the way it moves and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's like very that. similar to like something like Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even like Dark Souls, like, it feels different. It's in a that less sense. clunky Dark Souls, I would say. So, Neo. Better. Okay. <laughs> so, better. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's different. I won't okay. say better. It's different. 
this Monsanto world I mean, actually got me into it for the first time since forever. I, okay. I would say this, right? Because it feels less like an MMORPG. Okay. It you feels I mean? definitely action -y. Because you have more options when it comes to your combat and your ability to take down these monsters. But also more importantly, because uh, I think it's also the fact that you know, like when you play an MMO, you are defined by the the, the play style of the character you yeah. want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, thing about Monster Hunter is like people don't realize is like you can be a tank, also a healer, or tank, also attacker, tank, also maybe you know point man. Well, so it it's all like, depends on the weapons you use because okay. mm. they're like thirty of these it's very, or twenty. So it's more gear based as opposed to like uh, kind of like yeah. Diablo three in a okay. sense. You know, so where if it's you're like, if you're more like a fast play style, you pick the dual blades. If you're more like the stun the monster play style, you take the hammer. And then the like okay. once you finally get into like you know team games where you play with people and like you have a like probably a regular set of friends to play with, and, and then, then you, you can all just, like, vary to uh, there what you go. You need. Yeah, okay. so like basically, I mean like the most bullshit thing is three healers and a tank. No, but, but that's just that's just, that's just mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel bad for the monsters. <laughs> but I think no. Well, but the monsters they will kill you they, one hit if oh. you have an ultimate like okay. halfway in their life. But here's a question I want to ask you: Do you feel that the monsters scale according to you? Like I mean, say you play a game of Diablo, like the monsters will adjust themselves to fight you specifically. Yeah. Whereas this one, I, it's not. It's preset, right? It's still kind of scaled to what what equipment you're using. Yeah, okay. And if you actually bring in more party members, your HP will actually get higher and higher. That's about and it. That's the only like you know, <laughs> that's the the dif the difficulty yeah. slider right now. Because throughout the years, I believe I, I've actually had Monster friends who played this series longer than I have, okay. and they've told me that this one is, yeah, it's actually the definitive Monster Hunter for this generation. Okay. Compared to like uh part four, which is like years ago, right? So. Quite a while back. I mean, I would say they finally ironed out all the bugs, and you know what? A very strong uh, release for Capcom yeah. early in the year. I yeah. can't actually give it a score right now because again, ten hours in for a fifty-hour. That's game. not this enough. This is a hundred, two hundred hour game to be serious. Fifty, yeah. if you want to actually get the gist of the most of the game. Fifty to get the and gist not, of a game. Yeah, Jesus and Christ. I haven't even That's talked about like now. the end game yeah. stuff. You know, they're only bringing that in as DLC later on in the year. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty good concept. I mean, like, they're only building this shit as we're speaking right now. Like, extra levels, extra monsters. Which is like any other MMO. Yeah, they're building it as it's yeah. going along. But I mean, how's, like, the connection? How's the netcode? How's the latency? How's uh, how's the people online, sir? Because I've seen some people complain on, on uh, Twitter about being dropped and having a hard time getting reconnected. I think I've only played, like, one or two matches. I mean, fighting, killing off, like, these uh, little big lizards, all that, and... So far, so good. I mean, it's it drops a little bit and then it comes back. But come you're on the again, PSN, right? Yeah, PSN. I mean, I would say I'm gonna wait for the PC version because yeah. then again, you know, I really need to have control over my latency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if anything, I think this game would be amazing with mouse and keyboard. Oh yeah, it would. Absolutely. It would. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, like, you know, the level of aim you're able to, like, yeah. especially if you're one of those guys who use the bow gun and the giant guns in the game. And I'm patient enough. I don't mind waiting because the thing is, right? I'm, go ahead, Capcom, make your money. Go ahead and sell as many units as you can on your console. It's the only money maker, as you said. At this point of time, I mean, like, nothing else is coming out. There's gonna, there's no dead uh, rising. There's no resident. Oh, dead anymore. rising died. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah the DLC coming out this year, I think, but no one cares. Uh, nah, no one cares. Because the rising four was bad. It was really bad. I'm, a, I'm kind of disappointed that they're not like you know jumping off like the success of Resident Evil Seven. But then again, what else can you do? That game is literally a masterpiece to me. Yeah, yeah. it is. It but is. they're doing DLC right now. They are. Yeah. 
I, but it's like mini episodes so I'm just can, only worried that they shoehorn like you know all the legacy shit like I don't really need to see Chris Redfield I like the game as it is well why did you say that because the first um, DLC is Chris Redfield <laughs> there you go <laughs> an older Chris Redfield right if no it's younger it's a technically a prequel I think the game oh okay, okay. yeah and, and then yeah. of course Wesker and of course yeah 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 oh, and then Jill Wesker. Valentine yeah okay well, yeah. cool right I know I thought this was a new Resident Evil Anyway, okay, so Capcom, they're fine. Okay, yeah. people are gonna get paid this year at yes. least. Someone's so, getting the bonuses. So that's enough about uh, all the good stuff coming from the land of the rising sun. Yeah, finally. I mean, I've, I mean, we thought January is gonna be a bad month, but hey, stuff came it's out been end great of the month. for games, for movies, however. <laughs> well, yeah. we got nothing but Oscar bait shit. We got Oscar bait and crap. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the greatest showman. <laughs> no. no. So I watched uh, two movies this week. Yes, uh, tell us about them, Tom. One was really good. One was really mediocre. <laughs> I'll talk about the mediocre one first, yeah, very briefly. Yeah. It's um, called All the Money in the World. Directed by by Ridley Scott mm. of the Aliens franchise. Yes. <laughs> tell us what it's about. Uh, it is about uh, John Getty, right? It's based on the true events ba- around John Paul Getty's grandson was kidnapped in 1973 while he was living in Italy. Uh, it's famous because John Paul Getty at the time he was the guy who discovered oil and not discovered but got oil out of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. He created a super tanker. He was at one point the richest man in the world. He was the richest man who'd ever lived at that point. Like. Outside of adjusting for I mean, inflation. even for yeah, adjusting for inflation, like he's only superseded by like maybe Aristotle and Nessus or Bill Gates, or, maybe. Yeah, or uh, Warren Buffett, or the King of Mali, who uh, <laughs> on on pilgrimage to Mecca ruined the economy of Egypt just by having his baggage train go through the country. <laughs> oh man, that's a great story, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he ruined the economy just by being there. <laughs> but anyway, that sounds like most hip hop stuff. Yeah. he was also famously. Uh, type first so when his grandson got kidnapped and he got a ransom note they were asking for 70 million dollars he negotiated it down because he loved his grandson but he loved money more he loved money more and so this film is about that process oh by the way this is not a spoiler this actually happened this actually yeah, happened yeah, yeah. Um, and basically this, the cool thing is is a pretty interesting story to tell because it's about you know a guy who famously had literally all the money in the world but he wouldn't pony up the money to save family. So it's supposed to be more like a character study of how this guy's mind works? Yeah. Thing is, it's not that. <laughs> Instead, we would get to watch Mark Wahlberg do nothing for two hours. Wait, Mark Wahlberg plays... No, Mark Wahlberg plays this guy. I'm not sure if he's a real person or not, but he basically is helping the mother of the grandson. The mother's being played by Michelle Williams, who right. does a good job, by the way. Okay. Uh, just try to get money together, try and negotiate with the hostages, work with the Italian police who are so useless. Like, okay. You know, like they're bad enough today, the Italian police. But back in the seventies, back when, you know, once you go below Naples, they're all being paid by the mafia. Mm-hmm. Like they're useless. And the main problem with this movie is that it has all everything you need to um, make it work, but it doesn't. Like it's just boring. Nothing happens. Like, you get to watch the uh, grandson just sit in a room for half an hour kind of make friends with an Italian guy but not there's one scene where there's some action but it's over in like five minutes and then we get to watch nothing happen again and it's just really dull so it's got 
Does it feel like a procedural in the sense where it's just like one thing leads to another and everything just works itself out by the end of the movie? Yeah, kinda. And so, also, so it's convenient in the sense, like, is it? I, I feel like there are also but based on a true story. So yeah, yeah. I think also uh, Scott was trying to put emphasis on the fact that uh, whilst they're trying to rescue this grandson, trying to get the money together to get his um, to get released, uh, John Paul Getty, like you know, the first, is going around buying pieces of art. And it's revealed later in the movie that because he had set up his uh, company like a charitable trust, mm -hmm. the only way he could keep his money and not pay tax was by buying a lot of art and just having assets to show his wealth. Uh, but instead, it just feels like I'm watching two different movies play at the same time. Okay, so, so it's like very disjointed in the sense where yeah. it feels. But okay, can we also bring it up to the fact that a certain actor had to be kind of cut out and replaced? Yes, Kevin Spacey was originally uh, in this movie. Did it affect the film in very huge probably way, right? It. I, I knew it going in, but uh, I couldn't remember which role he was playing. But it definitely did explain why certain scenes felt fairly disjointed. Okay. And also remember, this movie got flat because of uh, for the reshooting, Michelle Williams was paid just over a thousand dollars and Mark Wahlberg was paid 1.5 million for the reshoot yeah Jesus yeah I yeah that is just obscene mm -hmm. Michelle Williams is an Academy Award winning actress like she's got so much star power Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg yeah a <laughs> former hip-hop guy who went to jail for beating up a Vietnamese dude <laughs> and he and he was in Transformers so yeah <laughs> Well, so he was also crimes. in the big hit. He was also in the happening. He yeah. was also in what? He was in no. Three Kings. Yeah. He was in The Departed. Yeah. He was in a lot of movies. Ted, yeah. <laughs> but he's also not a good actor. Eh, depends on the director, I would yeah. say. Really, he, he, he's a good comedy guy at the very least. Yeah, you think? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. I liked him in Three Kings. He was all right. Yeah, in it was good. David Russell knows what to do with actors. Yeah, I think. he was good in Ted. Not so great in Ted 2. Yeah. I didn't see Ted 2. I heard it wasn't worth it. No, uh, it's not. No. It's not. I mean, if you really enjoy watching Amanda Seyfried get a shout out for her eyes, then the one's for you. If not, mm. nah. Mm. So, not, so this film itself, not really something worth looking forward it's, to? It's, it's, the thing is, it's not a bad movie. Like, you know, this came out in January. Normally, this is a dumping ground where unless it's the wide release of a uh, film for the Oscars, it's just shite. Mm -hmm. This film, it's not terrible. It's got all the elements which should make it good because you know it's got you know a very well established director who knows how to make good movies, yeah. and the certain scenes which are well made and the music is pretty good, the set design is excellent, the lighting, everything like you know it's shot very well, but it's so dull. It's just I was. It's like a Hallmark TV special or something. Yeah. it felt like something. It felt like this should have been broken up into a Netflix series instead. Oh, okay. Like episodic in a yeah. sense, right? Like it, it doesn't work as a film. Yeah. It would have been a really good six-part miniseries on Netflix. But okay. as a two-hour movie, it's just like somehow too much happens and nothing happens at the same time. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so... I mean, it makes sense too. Yeah, so I'm just kind of worried about Ridley Scott. I feel like he's kind of fallen off. He hasn't done anything good since maybe The Martian, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, the Martian was his I mean, Gladiator is fine. Okay, that too. And then maybe... Yeah. But after that, it was what Robin Hood, uh, uh, Exodus, Gods and Kings. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, this movie. Alien Convoluted. Oh, Alien Convoluted. Yeah, you're right. A the first time. Alien Covenant. Covenant. Was, yeah. So, and, I mean, yeah, and the original Blade Runner. Okay, but anyway, uh, so, I would say really Scott. You know, I mean, we've we've mentioned his set story before. Yeah. So he's basically just this guy who needs to get things out of his system. Yeah. And he wants to tell certain stories a certain way. 
I would say, based on what you told me, is like I'm not gonna catch this movie at all. No, and the thing is, it misses out. What happens in real life is after um, uh, he was uh, released from captivity, the grandson uh, he tried to thank his grandfather. Grandfather wouldn't see him. Turned out to become a massive drug addict, and then he became paraplegic for the rest of his life. The grandson? Yeah. Man, all the money in the world. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So. But the film doesn't at all touch that. In fact, it gives it a happier ending where the grandfather dies earlier and they get the money and Michelle Williams finally gets... I see a cracked article coming soon. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. It's just... This was such a waste of my time. Like, this movie. And you saw this in the cinema. Yeah, I saw... I paid I... money to see this. <laughs> and also, this was just after I had wisdom teeth surgery as well. <laughs> So I needed something to entertain me, and this wasn't. So it. this movie was yeah. literally pulling teeth, or something. Yeah, it's like, for some reason, actually having a drill in my mouth was less painful. Than oh man, this movie. that's your movie. That's your review call right there. Yeah. from the last week podcast. Not enough Novocaine in the world. Eh? Nah. So this is four out of ten. I just not worth it at all. So blah. So it's just like, I kind of forgot about it once I finished watching. Yeah. Like, and uh, speaking of uh, forgetting, um, the other movie I watched. All right. Uh, three billboards outside Epping, Missouri. Uh, Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. Three yeah. billboards. This was, wow. All right, then just Good tell movie. us what's about again. I mean, so, Francis McDormand is a tour de force. <laughs> yes. Or uh, a tour de France. <laughs> I too so speaking cliche. <laughs> um, no, the setting of this movie is um, the mother of a girl who was raped and murdered mm. is sick and tired of the police in her hometown doing nothing about it. There have been no arrests, no investigations, pretty much nothing has happened. So what she does is there are three billboards outside her house. She hires them and then she puts up on the, the, um, on the billboards raped while dying, yet still no arrests. How come Chief Willoughby? Directly calling out the chief of police in the town. Played by Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yeah. And this film is basically just the aftermath of her making that choice. Mildred Hayes, the name of Francis McDonald's character. And it's kind of an exploration of how people deal with a case where pretty much there's no... No one can catch a break. It's not just that the police don't care. They do care it's just that they can't do anything because there's no DNA matches to anyone in the town or anyone in the country mm-hmm. there's very little evidence there are no eyewitnesses because it was on a country road somewhere with no um, surveillance or anything so they really can't do anything but that's not good enough for this mother because obviously she wants to know what happened to her daughter and you find out later there was they didn't see each other last on the best of terms there was they have their own personal history, which the film goes into. Mm-hmm. And then you also find out later that um, the mother, she's not particularly liked in the town. Okay. Because she... Uh, she's a bit of a character. She divorced her husband, who was also formerly a policeman, okay. uh, on the grounds of spousal abuse. But it was a he said, she said thing. So some people oh, don't believe okay. her. And, you know, she's not very wealthy she works in a gift shop so she doesn't have a lot of money to go around so she she has issue with paying the rent for the billboards and I'm like sensing a lot of Winona Ryder's character from Stranger Things is she that character? Uh, a bit more grounded yeah, perhaps or? she'd be Winona Ryder if Winona Ryder was just really uh, angry all the time okay. and just really mean 
Mm-hmm. Which I, I seldom see Frances McDormand do. Yeah, I mean, she is mean to the point where you're kind of enjoying her just calling people out. Like, there's a part where the uh, parish priest comes to her, to her and says, look, I've taken a poll of uh, people in the town um, saying we're not very happy with the way you're calling out our chief. You know, he's well-respected in the community. We'd like that maybe you should uh, take this down. Okay. And she basically said, by the way, some priests uh, fuck some little boys, so I think that you're culpable because you're a priest as well. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. And uh, it's just, shit escalates, because also uh, another main character which I haven't touched upon yet is uh, Sam Rockwell's character. Ooh, I've always loved his work yeah. back then. And, and he is a He was redneck- the bomb in Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah that's him. <laughs> he is a redneck racist piece of shit. Okay. Like, you know what? I'm not surprised he can pull that off. No. <laughs> I, he's fantastic because he's obviously not very smart. You know, he stumbles over his words. He, he very easily gets just like talked in a circle by everyone around him. He's very angry all the time. He lives alone with his mother. Like he's got no relationship whatsoever. He spends his time getting drunk, like reading comic books instead of actually doing police work. And he just, he's just angry and lashes out at um, Francis McDormand's character because of the way she's calling out the police and just basically he's also frustrated in his own way kind of because he can't catch a break but also because of his just his lot in life I mean I, I am also getting like the semblance of like this being very topical like this would represent your typical Trump supporter or something kind of yeah yeah that's what they're kind of going for with this character yeah it was because uh, so he's like an asshole at first but he kind of sympathizes with him later on he has later on. I don't want to spoil what kind of growth his character goes through okay, because okay. I want you guys to watch this movie and then decide for yourself but near the end of the movie I'm going Oh, I kind of like him. Wait, no, he's a racist. Why do I like him? <laughs> God damn it. I think the best kind of characters are the ones where they're initially like an unlikable character, then you can't decide later on. Or whether the protagonist itself, yeah, you kind of you kind of want to support him, then you realise maybe he's not really in the right path when you yeah, think about I mean, it it's deeper. Like, there's no one who comes off uh, completely squeaky clean in this movie. Like, they're all grey, right? Everyone has the elements where, oh, I don't like you. Like, you know, Francis McDormand, you know, she's prickly as all hell. Mm-hmm. And is just incapable of letting people into her life. Uh, you know, she's aggressive to her own son, who is trying to be there for her, but at the same time, he wants to move on. He had, you know, And who's the son played by? Uh, I can't, He looks recognizable, but I can't remember his name right oh, now. Yeah. But he, he's not, you know, a big name character. Like, there are not very many big names in this uh, movie. No, Wait, okay. I think I remember a Lannister star in this film. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Ah, he's in this? Yes. As? He's, as, a, a, as the billboard. No. <laughs> <laughs> billboard holder. No, he's, a, he's a very sweet minor character. He's Minor, hey. <laughs> hey. I'm so sorry, Mr. Dinklage. I didn't say that. The dink? Joke. Nah, he's, he's thick-skinned. Mm. Um, Especially around the forehead. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop right now. Yeah. Uh, Last game podcast. He's got, me. he's got a very small... Small uh, what? Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's only in the movie for about 15 20 minutes. Okay. And he's the only short run time, right? Jesus Sorry. Christ. <laughs> Can we stop now? Yeah. His his yes. He he's the only character in the movie who actually likes Mildred Hayes. Okay. Uh, he actually kind of fancies her. Okay, okay. Um and uh like there's a there's a bit in the movie where um, I, everyone's quite mean to him because he's the only um, midget. He's the only midget in the town, and everyone's kind of mean about him because you know, if you're the only one there. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, look on Westeros or in like bumfuck Hickstown, you would yeah. say. Yep, same thing. Somewhere in Missouri, yeah. But 
Uh, is it because he has this kind of he tries to start a relationship with um, Mildred? Wait, but, does he do the southern accent? Uh, or does he do the dink voice? It's Missouri, so it's kind of like this weird Midwest part of the state. It's not necessarily because southern. the thing is, I want to like give props to Peter Dinklage, right? Like, I didn't know he was from New Jersey. Yeah, like when you hear him talk normally in um, interviews, like. Wow, he sounds like very well educated, and yeah, then like yeah. you see him in Game of Thrones, like that's a very good English accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's still kind of an odd accent, but definitely he does a good job. You know what I mean? But like it, it sounds posh enough. Yeah. So I'm like I'm always curious because the thing is like the lot the, the worst performance, aside from him playing the elf and elf. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but was that was that, was that movie Pixels? Like, oh, such yeah. a waste of talent, you know, where he played like. There was a movie called Penelope. He was actually one. He was a journalist, if I recall, or something. I mean, like his be- to me, still his best role is in Find Me Guilty, opposite Vin Diesel, where he played the yeah, lawyer. Yeah, yeah, amazing piece stuff. of like acting yeah. right there from Mr. Dinklage. Oh, okay. You have to catch that, but I mean, okay, uh, back to this. Like he, I mean, like, is it a supporting role? Or it's a it- supporting role. I mean. Uh, they really uh, pumped up his name because you know Game of Thrones of course because it's not coming out this year yeah but um, I mean he's not super critical to the movie he just well there is one part where he does something for Mildred Mm -hmm. in return they go out for dinner and then at the end of the dinner uh, he just gives up he just says you know what fuck it I know I'm not a catch you know I'm I'm a dwarf I run a used car uh, business I'm an alcoholic but you're a piece of shit Right, I'm really? not a catch fuck you and he walks out really yeah. wow well done <laughs> yeah, it's it's great like this is why this movie is so good because there's no you know, happy ending there's no easy resolution to anything which happens okay. it's all just no one catches a break like no one ends up happy in this movie I think the problem I have with this movie I mean not the movie like maybe with the uh, the hype and the trailers yeah. is because like when it I, I saw the trailer this felt to me like one of those movies that's it's all about like a miscarriage of justice and how about this one woman's soul fight to, like you know which I mean, is sounds topical in which like, when you yeah, think might about be, it like, okay it might be interesting enough yeah but that's, that's but that's not what the movie is no, apparently because it's not necessarily a miscarriage of justice it's just that tough shit there's not much we can do as the regional police of a small town like a character study of yeah. these guys in unfortunate situations yeah because you know Ebbing Missouri the, which is kind of a character movie itself mm-hmm. it's one of those towns which got left behind when the highways came in oh, like, it's okay, one of those ones okay. where it used to work very well when you had no choice but to follow that road and it's like oh since I'm here might as well you know go to the hotel like or, an also ran might as well town yeah but because of that, like it's just it's really tight. It's it's not quite coal country, but it's definitely rust belt kind of, uh, feel to so it. So it's got this very after the gold rush kind of vibe. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it is everyone feels tired and miserable, mm-hmm. and it's just that adds to the fact that you know already something horrible happened to this poor girl, and people feel bad about it apart from one character who uh, you think might I've done it, but uh, they're not really a big character. Everyone is just like reacting in their own way and it's just it's full of anger and bitterness and resentment I mean I want to compare this to another movie that I saw I mean not recently which came out which is kind of similar is uh, Fincher's Zodiac yeah which doesn't really resolve anything because, yeah, because basically it's a true story where yeah. no one called the Zodiac killer and the thing is right, it meanders too much on possibilities and yeah. on all these other like you know, like false leads and whatever right? yeah. but you've got the actors make it make it all the while interesting but I mean like talking besides Mark Ruffalo and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in that film and right? Robert Downey Jr. 
I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is basically to me like exposition man. Oh yeah. Like he's like, okay, let me explain this. Like this is how journalism works. Blah blah blah. And then like Jake Gyllenhaal is like, you know, uh, what? You know? And then like all of a sudden like. Like Mar- this mystery. And then Mark Ruffalo is like, no no no, you're not a detective. What are you doing? And, like, but if anything like, so for me is like I was hoping for that film to be like JFK, mm. whereas like they paint a, a nice picture where like okay, this is possibly the reason or these are the the, the culprits or the people behind. And then, like when I see a, st- a story like uh, like three billboards, and I was t- hoping to myself is like, okay, do they resolve this? And then apparently, no, that's not the point. The point is these people have to live with this over their shadows. Yeah. yeah. And then the thing is, uh, I mean, basically, shit hits the fan when this poor lady decides to put the advertisements yeah. up on the billboard, and then okay, it's just an escalation. There, there's some serious escalation. Hmm. I I don't want to spoil it too much, but there is a scene with Molotov cocktails. Wow. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I haven't seen a good Molotov cocktail scene since The Warriors. Hmm. <laughs> okay, wow. but if anything, I would say, uh, is there any? Uh, because the thing is, right, watching this, there's, to me, a slight bit of Coen Brothers worship, in like not only the casting of Frances McDormand, who is who is a Mrs. Coen. Yeah, she was mm. she was Marge in um, in Fargo as yeah. well, and also in a sense like just the way where it's set. Like to me, it feels like No Country for Old Women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it have that trapping? That sort of like. I mean, I mean, I'm a fan of that film. Like, but also, also at the same time, because like that movie also very famously doesn't really revolve resolve anything. Yeah. It ambiguously just fades to black nicely, perfectly. I would say. Does this film also do that? Does it like just heighten your emotion and your expectation, and then just? No, I mean because they make it very clear throughout the movie. There's not like, like there is one bit near the end where you kind of like get a little bit of hope, mm-hmm. but before the film ends, the film says no. I'm sorry. I mean, that that's just. I'm not sorry, what but no no fairy tale the, endings. The film yeah. ends with a kind of resolution, but it's kind of like uh, something you know is going to happen off screen. Like while the credits are rolling, you know this is what's happening. Okay, okay. Uh, again, I would say what it is, but I want you guys to see it to fully experience so, it. So Oscar worthy? I would say uh, for best actress, absolutely, because my God, Frances McDormand, I could totally buy that this character is a real person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because most of the movie, she's just got this really like steely look in her eyes and her face. Like she's just a woman who's had like shit on her for the last ten years. I of would her say life. Yeah, she's very underrated. You know, yeah. I mean, to me, she is the equivalent to like Ellen Burstyn or something. Oh, you, you sure. have to like you, once you give her the role that yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, so she'll make it work. But she doesn't do just that. There are moments where she finally cracks, where she finally lets emotions get the better of her, and then it just it feels really powerful. And everyone around her does a good job. I mean, Sam Rockwell is able to make me feel sorry for a redneck piece of shit. She is a very underrated actor, yeah, and that's for sure. Speaking of underrated, Woody Harrelson. Where the hell has he been? Like, <laughs> he has no right to be this good of an actor. Have you seen Natural Born Killers? No, not yet. That was a long time wow. ago. Wow, <laughs> you have to see Natural Born Yeah, that's, that's a movie you gotta watch. Wait, but you love Planet of the Apes, right? Yeah. Okay, the, the dude's got range. Yeah. Give him a chance. Like, okay... No Country for Old Men where he played like, that's true, the yeah. facilitator for uh, Sugar yeah Anton Sugar yeah, yeah. and it's like you know just his scene like that that look of despair in his eyes when he realises oh he's my god he's actually one of my favorite characters yeah. in Zombieland too I liked his performance there Bill fucking yeah. Murray yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah. yeah I mean you can tell when he sleeps on the roll but when he is on point he's definitely I mean there are times okay like there are low points but Woody Harrelson is to me like not say pound for pound but I would say yeah, with the right motivation he's and the right direction. He's a he, solid actor. Even in the Hunger Games, he he brought out a pretty decent job, all things considered. 
Look, even in that ridiculous like uh, end of the world movie. <laughs> End of the world. Oh right, right. <laughs> yeah. okay. Remember that when yeah, John yeah. Cusack had to like, oh, what's going on? I oh don't yes, know. yes. You know, glorious death for him. Yeah. Woody Harrelson earning that money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he was oh, a tin yeah, foil. He was a hat guy, right? Yeah. I mean, like you know, that, that's what I like about him. Like you know, you know, he can ham it up too if he wants yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So like, he was a transfer site in one movie too, right? If which I one? One of the one of the Adam Sandler comedies. Was he? Yes, he was. I don't oh, watch God. enough Adam Sandler comedies. <laughs> yeah. I gave no, up very early. You watch plenty Adam Sandler comedies by not watching any. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I stopped a little Nikki. Was it around exactly after that? I think it was Anger Management. Okay, I missed out on Anger Management. Why are we bringing out Adam Sandler movies? The guy's got way enough money and <laughs> yeah. vacations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but Woody Harrelson, good stuff from him. Yeah, definitely. There's not a single weak performance in here. And I think what helps is that uh, Martin McDonough, who directed it, also produced it and film and wrote it. So it's a real so author piece. An, he wants something. Yeah, it's driven entirely by his vision of what it needs to be. Okay. And it really benefits from this singular vision. Okay. Okay. Um, I this is definitely not. I compared to other movies we've seen, this is not film of the year from 2017. Oh, it came out last year. Well, it's being considered for this year's uh, Academy Awards. I oh, think it, it came lim- out like the tail end, right? It had like yeah. limited so release it, in the states, and it's uh, only coming out here in Singapore like this, like this month, right? Yeah, because that's that's what happens. We get the yeah. shit and the stick for yeah, uh, these yeah, movies, but we get the Marvel movie first. So yeah, <laughs> it's, I guess it's a trade off of sorts. No, it's not. I would rather have good movies early and shit Marvel movies later. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shit Marvel movies, hey. Like Beth is coming out in two weeks. Uh, no, <laughs> I was like, uh, no. Where was I going with this tangent? Not Black Panther, I hope. <laughs> Not Black Panther. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't tell. To me, you know what? I'm gonna just call it. It's gonna be passable. Okay. It's gonna be a good superhero movie. You know, yeah. sticks to formula. I'm just like more worried about like okay so for Singapore this movie came out maybe two weeks ago like within January right yeah it didn't, it didn't, two weeks ago ish yeah like for us like we still haven't officially gotten like killing of a secret drill uh, deer 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 we haven't and got, we haven't gotten the shape of water yeah. yet and Shade like disaster artists like, we haven't got Itonia yet either and Itonia is like literally as of this recording it's, it's coming February, out yeah. like in February yeah. So the thing is, like, I don't know, this year, we'll still do the Oscar special. Yeah, yeah we will. But I will. think, you know what, it's going to be a weird trade-off because we're going to be talking about Oscar, video game, Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. before we go to the Oscars, uh, Tom, what's your final rating for this? Uh, uh, I would say this is a solid 8 out of 10. Really? Yeah. Um, definitely, it's it's a performance piece. It's a... I, I would I wouldn't call it a character study because it's not just about one character, but it's like... It's a good ensemble, at least. It's a good ensemble, ensemble. piece. And it's just... It's to remind you, hey, by the way, Frances McDormand, she is an amazing actress. I mean, you know, once Meryl Streep finally stops doing stuff, I think she might be... Uh, no, she won't. No. They're going to bring her in for these films eventually, anyway. Like, what, Meryl Streep? Oh, no, no, no. I thought you were talking about Frances McDormand still. Frances, right. yeah, I mean, no. Look, she, to me, uh, very underrated, very underutilized. Yeah. Yeah. Meryl Streep okay what's she nominated for now The Post the with Post. Tom Hanks yeah. nobody cares but Spielberg directed it right yeah and Ready Player One 2 is coming out right yeah. also by Spielberg yeah where does he find the time <laughs> hey if anyone can make something like that passable yeah Steven Spielberg can do it I mean he's got Spielberg money yeah that's true you have to and understand the he is the, the S in the SKG yeah. Uh, Last King fans, uh, heavy recommendation there from Mr. Tom for three builds outside Ebbing, Missouri Ebbing, Missouri yeah. ooh Okay, I mean, quite, quite a mouthful, but it sounds like a feel really bad good movie movies. of the year. No, it's Sacred Deer still. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not feel bad. It was kind of like a like there's not a happy resolution, but you kind of come out going, I'm glad I watched that. And 
it's a film I wouldn't mind watching again maybe in a few months time you know if I want to just say to someone hey you want to see what acting um, a good acting piece is watch this watch Francis McDormand be angry and bitter and then you should the show them films. Fargo immediately <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a happier version <laughs> pulling off a Minnesota accent somehow oh well so yeah. okay on that note should we wrap up yeah yeah we should we should okay so uh, that was us from Dragon Ball Fighter Z to Evo Japan to, to Ebbing three, Missouri to Ebbing Missouri to a character Z. piece movie yes <laughs> to Francis McDormand Lasting Lasting podcast going Z. to places we never expected uh, yeah yeah okay we're, we're, we're all over the spectrum for this yeah. episode well, this is taking the straight road we are taking the scenic route hey this is a better double billing than last week alright <laughs> <laughs> a happier Billy. Yeah. Are you sure? No, I would. No, yeah. Glow and Dragon Ball Fighter Z are very similar. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Except uh, no fusion dance. Bullshit, let's end so. this episode on a high note. Okay. Yeah. Ah! okay so this <laughs> has been <laughs> your co-host, uh, Majin Shafiq. Yep. This has been your co-host, uh, Three Toms outside uh, Tampines, Singapore. <laughs> three Toms. And this Tom is and your Dick other, and a Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and this is your other co-host, Super Saiyan, Super God Jin, Blue Hairstyle, Mister Topic. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>